Welcome to the HBK High Performance Podcast with Michael B. Ross, a podcast designed to help leaders develop the character, skills, and passion needed to lead fulfilled and impactful lives. Today, Michael is conducting a Zoom interview with Michael DeLuca. Here's Michael. Well, good day to you, ladies and gentlemen. This is Michael B. Ross, and I want to welcome you to the HBK High Performance Podcast. I hope the sun is shining and the birds are chirping in your life, and I hope all your dreams are coming true. Before we get started, as I always like to mention, if you hear one good thought, one good phrase, one good quote, or one good idea from the podcast today, I want to ask you to put that thought, phrase, idea, or quote into absolute immediate action. It is the application of our education that makes the biggest difference in our world. And I don't want you to be one of those people that looks back on their life with significant regret. The research shows that 85% of people look back on their life with significant regret. And the number one regret of the dying is, I did not live a life true to who I knew I should be. I instead live my life based on the expectations of others. I want to promise you something. Other people don't have a lot planned for you. So if you're living based on the expectations of others, you are never going to reach the full potential that you can. Today, I have a very, very special guest and friend of mine on the call today. His name is Michael DeLuca. He is a partner in charge at HBK. He is also in charge of our healthcare niche at HBK, and he is a phenomenal leader. He is a man that I love to talk to regularly. We think alike, we talk alike, we even act alike in certain ways. So I really enjoy the time that we get to spend together. And it's been an honor and a privilege to serve him in coaching and also just to see him become all he's, he's becoming. Michael DeLuca, thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, Michael, thanks so much for that warm introduction. And uh, it's, you used two words there, honor and privilege. I'm honored and privileged to work with yourself, uh, our colleagues here at HPK, but, but to be with your listeners, your followers here on the podcast today. Well, that's awesome. So we're, we're here to talk about leadership. You know, the High Performance Podcast is really about helping you build your business through creating great cultures. And the way you create great culture is by creating better leaders. Michael, tell me about your leadership style and, you know, kind of elaborate on why you've, how you've morphed into that leadership style. Yeah, mine started early on. You know, I, I was heavy into athletics growing up, played baseball all the way through college at a division one level at the University of Dayton, go Flyers. Um, yeah. And it was instilled upon me early to really be that true servant leader. You know, I think that it gets thrown out a lot, but, but to be of service to others is the greatest form of leadership that you can be able to exemplify and hopefully just live that virtue day in, day out, um, serving one another. I think the most valuable and treasured gift that, that we offer is ourselves, um, it, you know? And so if we can be able to serve one another uh, as brothers and sisters and, and go out there and do that, we can really provide value, um, not only within ourselves, of course, by default, but, but to other individuals as well to lift them to their fullest potential. That's awesome. I love that concept of servant leadership. I can almost though, I can hear somebody going, ah, oh, servant leadership, that sounds kind of soft. What would you tell someone who would say, 
you know, servant leadership is, is soft or it sounds fluffy or, you know, kumbaya-ish. Yeah, it's pie in the sky. It's, it's unattainable. It's, you know, new generation sometimes gets thrown out there. Um, I would say this is a tried and true method. I mean, true servant leadership has been around for centuries, right? And when it comes to servant leadership, it gets, to me, it gets blurred a little bit because that doesn't mean that you lose accountability. Right. Accountability is one of the utmost pillars, in, in my opinion, and from what I found in my experience of, of servant leadership, you have that in there, which means sometimes that, that tough love is of greatest service to our individuals with whom we are leading and sometimes with those individuals with whom we are following, that we're holding one another accountable. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. And, I, you know, the, the thing is, too, just because – we have some methodology behind our leadership doesn't necessarily mean that you have to make it an organizational function for everyone. I think it can inform us, but it doesn't have to be the way we build our organization because that, that sometimes is based upon the, the, um, the individual talents that we have within a team. So, which leads me to my, my next question, because it kind of helps to see, it's like the Wizard of Oz you see behind the curtain. What characteristics make you want to follow somebody? Well, that's, that is such a great question. And it's really hard because I, I look to and try to always surround myself with those individuals who just have a relentless passion for excellence. And that comes in so many different ways of exhibiting that, right? In, in our world, it's not just the, I want to be the best CPA or best trusted advisor. Certainly that's our professional life, but there's something that, that's the gutspa, if you will, that, that internal drive. I want to surround myself with people uh, that are like that. I want, to, I want to not only lead people, but follow and work with and, and team with people who, who have that passion, have that drive, that no matter what they do, no matter what they touch, uh, no matter what they say, they just want to have excellence. We'll, we'll make mistakes as human beings, um, but we're going to have always that quest to get better and improve. Yeah, that's... That's great. So would you say it's like combination of vision, clarity, strategy, they are, they're people who know what they want and are willing to do whatever it takes and work in whatever position they got to work in to, to get it done. Yeah. And you could, I mean, you say they were clarity and it doesn't have to be crystal clear. Life happens, things change, right? But yeah. they do, they have that vision of what they want to become themselves and what they want to become in their situations and even their communities they live in. They have that vision, that dream, that, that expectation even of, of themselves and who they allow into their circle of, in, in world. So that's, that's, what, that's what drives me. I, I love working with those individuals and, and being able to serve our clients and our communities with them. That's fantastic. So you know and I know 2020 has been one of those years. We've had a once in a hundred year, quote unquote, pandemic, you know, whatever um, is said. Um, but nonetheless, no matter what people say about a pandemic or a crisis, we're in the middle of one. What is the most challenging thing you found about leading through a crisis like this? Like one that we haven't seen or our parents haven't seen or grandparents haven't even seen. What is most challenging in leading through a crisis like this? Adverse situations, we were hit just like everybody else. And, and when you face adversity, it's, 
it's that time to, to double down on the things that really you need to implement within your culture anyway. And great communication is, is we strive to do that improved communication, but not only just telling individuals or telling people or telling teams, you know, the mission, the strategy, how are we going to handle this adversity and these situations that are thrown upon us that, you know, much of it is outside of our control as business owners, right? We're handling this, what, what's coming our direction, but really making that communication, that message simplified. And that's extremely difficult, right? This is an adverse situation. It's hard. It's challenging. And trying to pare it down to say, okay, what is the one or two simple message I can communicate today to my teams for my culture? And then once I communicate that, implement it, execute it, what's that next message going to be that we can gradually build ourselves out of this situation? Yeah, and I find it interesting. You know, HBK has continued to do our best to to thrive through the crisis and yourself in you were officially promoted to partner in charge in southwest florida during this time so what would you you know what what's the thought of telling someone who would be listening this to this today that's maybe holding back because of struggle right now because of the crisis they are holding back what they could be capable of and they're fearful moving forward because of this crisis. What would you tell a leader like that? Go back to basics, you know, really do that introversion. If you have a coach, start leaning on that coach um, to really pin down and harp on, okay, what am, what are you really good at as a leader? What is your strength and how do you really do? Cause that's going to be your comfort zone. Your strength should be your comfort zone. Start there, right? and start there and get those simplified messages to your team. They're following you for a reason, right? They're there on your team for a reason. So play into that strength. And then once you got that and get comfortable to where you can go, that's when you start expounding yourself to me and starting getting a little bit uncomfortable, right? It's, it's the hardest thing as a leader is making uncomfortable situations, not only comfortable for yourself and your flaws inherently as a human where no, no one is perfect, but also now projecting that onto your teams and within your cultures that you're leading. That is such a, that is such an incredible challenge. And especially during a time like this. Yeah. It's funny how you really do have to keep a very solid mindset. You know, you know, this from sports and something you and I talk about a lot is you really see what somebody is made of under pressure, you know, and mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that, somebody who can't perform well under pressure doesn't have an errant value. It's just, you get tougher and you build more substance during times of crisis. But it is interesting during times of crisis, what you see in certain leaders and what needs to be developed in others. And I saw, you know, with you particularly, you did a great job of getting your team together, simplifying, making sure that everyone felt safe and not keeping your eye off the prize, even though well, there were so many more distractions around you. Yeah, thanks, Michael. But it, but really, it truly does. You know, here at HBK, we, we say our, our tagline is working together sets us apart, right? And that's working together with our teams, working together with our clients, you know, our colleagues out there of other professions even. When you do that in, in the adverse situations, leverage that team. Right? It was no individual accomplishment here for us as a firm or for myself or anybody. It was truly saying, okay, I think 
I know what I'm good at. I'm going to play into those strengths I talked about and where the blind spots are. I'm leveraging that team. Leadership is a lonely position. I'm a small business owner. Or if you were working with small, that's a lonely position for them to be in. But leverage those trusted people around you, whether it be a third-party advisor, a mentor, a coach, a friend, a family member, leverage that to get you through those times and, and build that team uh, during adversity. Yeah, and that leads into my next question very well is you've also taken over the healthcare niche at HBK and healthcare is the major area where we've had some <laughs> crisis this year. Tell me about the healthcare niche. Tell me about what it is specifically and then, you know, tell me about what you're seeing in the industry itself that some listeners need to be aware of today. Yeah, so our, our healthcare team is scattered across our geographies. Uh, we built it out in, in up there in Ohio, Pennsylvania, in the Mid-Atlantic, and down here in Florida. We have teams across uh, the firm that really niche and specialize in two variety of components of healthcare, private physician practices, and assisted living facilities, and include skilled nursing and in, in long-term care. So that's really our, our niche there. We've really built it. We serve over 300 clients in these spaces. Um, you know, we have broad depth of, of technical expertise. We, we get the industry. And during this time when healthcare, especially, wow, a global healthcare pandemic, when it hits this, you know, what happens? And Sometimes it's lossing, oh my gosh, are you going to have all these cases to treat or all these individuals, business is so good. And we, we kind of don't even recognize, whoa, these are a lot of times small business owners too. You know, what our client base isn't major hospitals or, or facilities of that nature. It's your local orthopedic practice or your local pain management specialist that, you know, they saw their volumes decline by 50 to 70% of patient inflow. I, you know, back in March and April, right? So think about overnight, you have patients scheduled and then boom, you know, very next day, you know, if they weren't already in there, new cases just fell off the radar. And then a lot of, a lot of geographies were prohibited to be seen. I mean, you know, a lot of states banned elective procedures for quite a while. So it was, it was disruptive to say the least to a lot of those clients. Now in came federal programs like the Paycheck Protection Program, PPP, that a lot of our clients and small business owners were, were able to apply for and receive funding. Healthcare, certainly, I think that our country saw it, or, or the leaders in this country saw it and said, hey, the last thing we need to do is our healthcare industry, you know, in a time like this, struggle. So a lot of relief programs were implemented, you know, during that time, some money's got to healthcare providers specifically to help out to make sure that their doors could stay open, that their people could stay employed, that they had the necessary PPE and protective measures in a medical healthcare setting, that if, that if somebody, they basically took the approach that any patient could have COVID. You know, you're talking March and April that they had to say, everybody who walked through their doors, they had to treat as if they preemptively had COVID from just a safety perspective. Right. So that comes with additional costs. So yeah, it's, it was an interesting and in, in, in mind-blowing in a lot of ways being able to assist our clients through this and continually because now comes the reporting, right? You receive the funds. Now you've got to say, hey, I spent the funds on a lot of time. We just got guidance. What a timely question. We just got guidance over the weekend um, from the Health and Human Services on 
for a lot of our clients how they need to go report here in the coming months. So we got our work cut out for us. We're not preparing tax returns in the next three to four months. We're assisting our clients with their record keeping, accounting, reporting that they've never had to do before. And do you find yourself, Michael, as a student of leadership and someone who wants to continue to lead as many people as possible, do you find yourself with your clients, especially during this time in, in the healthcare industry, do you find yourself ever giving them leadership advice as well as CPA, tax, audit advice, and PPP advice? Yeah, and especially, especially in March and April this year. I mean, it was, I mean, in a CPA's world, that's when you're talking taxes, baby. Like yeah. that's our, yeah. that's, you know, that's our annuitized work. So that just went to the side burner. It instantly turned into conversations of business owner and leadership and culture and how do you treat your teams? What's the right mix here to make sure that, you know, my nurses or my staff are, they can feed their families because I know I'm going to need them. I'm going to need them now. I'm going to need them in six months. I'm going to need them in 12 months. You know, what's the right answer here that I'm sending the right messages to my team and leading through this. And, you know, some, some are great and some are not, you know, some are not, but it's really assisting one another again, building your team and leaning on it. I was very um, proud of my clients, the way they handled a lot of those decisions during a very difficult time. Um, Physicians, especially that just, you know, they turned into leaders. Uh, they had some skill sets that you would never say it because, you know, they're fixing a knee most days or, you know, they're doing uh, kidney surgery, whatever it may be. And and they became people leaders overnight. It is tremendous. Again, what you see when pressure hits, there is cream that rises to the top and then there's some who truly fold under the pressure. And, you know, again, Not that if you fold it under the pressure, you can't build substance and get better because it it happens. But it is amazing when you see human efficacy during times of crisis. And there's been so much of that. I think we're all ready to to move on at some point here. Um, I, I think you've probably heard it a lot, even in the healthcare industry. I know I have a few clients in the healthcare world and I think people are just ready to to start to make the transition back to a little new normal, if you will. But We're going to stop right there for this week. Tune in again next time for the second part of Michael's Zoom interview with Michael DeLuca. Be sure to take immediate action on the ideas that compelled you from today's podcast. For information about the courses, resources, and services available from HBK High Performance, visit hbkln.com.